You're listening to the Skylight Books Podcast. We're an independent, general interest bookstore putting great reads in the hands of people in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. Hosted by resident Skylighters, we're here to bring you new and exciting author conversations, group reads, and bookseller chats. Happy listening. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back to the Skylight Books Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie, and today we are so excited to welcome Juno Black, to talk about the Shady Hollow mystery series. The series includes the titles Shady Hollow and Cold Clay, which are available now, and Mirror Lake, which will be released on April 26th. Juno Black is the pen name of authors Jocelyn Cole and Sharon Nagel. They share a love of excellent bookshops, fine cheeses, and good murders in fictional form only. Though they are two separate people, if you ask either of them a question about their childhood, you are likely to get the same answer is a little unnerving for any number of reasons. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you for Thanks having for us. us. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start by, uh, by telling our readers that just the, in, well, our readers and listeners, that the entire experience of getting both of you on this podcast was just pure joy because I saw the covers of these books and I thought, I don't know what this is, but I need to read it. And, <laughs> and then second of all, I did my research. I reached out. I said, who is Juno Black? And then I see that it is not one, but two people. And I was like, okay, now this is just, this is just another reason I need to figure out what is going on here. So that was so exciting. Um, and then I also did a little bit more research and found out that these books had previously been published and they are being republished. So there are so many fun things at play here. Um, we'll go ahead and have you read us a little bit to introduce us to the world of Shady Hollow, and then you can tell us all about it. Sounds great. Take it away. Yeah. So uh, I will be reading the prologue to Shady Hollow, which is the first book that opens the series. So this really does set the stage. Up in the far north, away from everything you know and dream about, lies a small village called Shady Hollow. There are many settlements in the woods, far from the cities and the bustling world. Shady Hollow is only one such community, where woodland creatures of all types and temperaments, from the tiny mouse to the mighty moose, live together in a successful and mostly peaceful society. What does such a place look like, you wonder? First of all, a beautiful river winds through the town. Burbling cheerfully in the summer months, the river slows to a statelier place in autumn. It freezes over in winter, and the residents of Shady Hollow host skating parties and build snow critters all along the banks. Even the creatures prone to hibernation cannot resist the lure of such icy enchantments in this place. And in spring, the river rushes back to life, nearly overflowing its banks after swelling with snowmelt and seasonal rains. The river rushes past the sawmill, past the piers, past the town. But in one spot, it feeds a mill pond, a quiet sort of place where a beast might find solitude if it takes care not to run into Otto Sumpf, that is. Otto, a cranky toad, lives alone in the swampiest bit of the pond in a mud hut surrounded by tall grasses and cattails. He patrols the shore as if it were his sworn duty and prides himself on starting arguments on any subject. One of his very favorite topics juts up at the other end of the pond. The von Beaverpelt sawmill is in many ways the heart of the town. The massive wooden water wheel cranks all day and all night, and an eternal cloud of sawdust hovers in the air, scenting it with the aroma of industry, progress. Shouts of workers sound from dawn till dusk, 
a bustling business, the mill supplies a livelihood for many creatures, not just the expected beavers, muskrats, and woodchucks, but also mice, rabbits, sparrows, and the odd mink. Even the rough and tumble river rats who navigate the lumber downstream are well aware of the sawmill's influence in the region. And over it all, quite literally, since his office is in the top of the mill's clock tower, Reginald von Bieberpelt keeps a keen eye on operations, making sure everything runs, in fact, like clockwork. Shady Hollow thrives with the mill, even if certain toads grouse about the noise and the sawdust. There are other businesses, of course. The hardware store, the grocer, and the florist all flank Main Street's east side. The police station, the town hall, and the bank stand on the west. Turn the corner onto Walnut and you'll find Nevermore Books, a haven for bibliophiles of all stripes and spots. Fiction, mystery, history, poetry, everything has a shelf here. Other little businesses, the dressmaker, the haberdasher, the apothecary, nestle along the side streets, oak and pine, and life is busy for the residents. But Shady Hollow is not all work. Whether you first stroll down Main Street past River Drive or amble up Maple, Elm, Chestnut, or Beach, Eventually, you will find the true social heart of the town at Maine and Walnut. Some grand establishment, you think? A church, perhaps. A great hall. A treehouse for the ages. No, and no, and no. It is a coffee shop, built low and unassuming under a grove of mighty sycamore trees. Inside, warm wooden booths have grown shiny with ware, and the rich smells of coffee and sweet fruit pies, the house specialty, permeate the very walls. This is Joe's mug, run by a moose with quite a mug, as the always humble Joe would not hesitate to tell you himself. Though he may not ever win a beauty contest, he's never lacked for attention, and everyone agrees he sure knows his coffee. Most creatures start their days or nights at Joe's, and if there's news to be heard, Joe has heard it. But don't think Shady Hollow lacks a more formal news organization. The august offices of the Shady Hollow Herald lie not one block away, just off Elm. You might pick up that morning's issue along with your coffee and peruse the latest headlines of this buzzing boreal hamlet. For instance, today's headline story profiles the spelling bee winner Ashley Chitters, mouse, eight years of age, and features a photo of the student proudly wearing a bee-shaped medal on a long ribbon around her neck. She has triumphed for the third year running, spelling C-O-N-T-U-M-A-C-I-O-U-S with no hesitation whatsoever to great applause. Her rival, a stoat who ironically was somewhat contumacious, had tried to put an eye in lachrymose to his detriment. Next to the article on the spelling bee queen is a recipe for peach cobbler from the rabbits of cold clay orchards. An accompanying illustration makes the mouth water. Such is the news in Shady Hollow. Other things happen, of course. There is love and hate, deceit and betrayal. There is loyalty and disappointment heroism and villainy, all of a small order. But these things are for the most part private and secret. They take place behind closed doors or underground in dens or among the branches that shade the town so well. You do not see them aired in the peaceful world of Shady Hollow, but very soon you will. Thank you for that little introduction. I feel like now we should just anticipate a quick pause or a longer pause for everyone to go out, buy the book, read it, and then come back and finish listening. 
or or pie and coffee could go either way or yeah or pie and coffee they're like wait that sounds really good I should find somewhere to grab some of that before I keep going so like I said the uh the series was originally published in uh in 2015 and it recently found a new life which is how I found it so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh how you two met and how you decided to come together to create this world and how you decided to do it as Juno Black rather than as the two of you together, just co-authors. Uh, Sharon, why don't you take okay. this one? I will go with this one. Um, well, Jocelyn and I met when we were booksellers at Boswell Book Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and one night, one slow Tuesday night, we were working and uh, our boss wanted us to price some finger puppets. And they were all little uh, woodland creatures, little tiny uh, finger puppets. There were ravens and foxes and bears and nice <laughs> pandas. You know, oh, the yes, usual. thank you. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so we also decided to give them all names and occupations while we were doing this. And um, it was it was fall, so this sort of morphed into um, us writing a story during National Novel Writing Month with NaNoWriMo in November. Um, and so that's how Shady Hollow was born. We created this uh, world around these little creatures and uh, wrote it back and forth. We swapped um, the manuscript during the month of November. And at the end of November, we had a very messy, messy first draft that was Shady Hollow. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, and it's, it sat there for, for a couple of years, actually. Yeah. I want to say we, <laughs> we wrote the first draft of Shady Hollow in 2011? 2010. 2010, oh dear. Um, I had to go back and look. Years. <laughs> um, but then I, I went back and I edited it and um, I had already started publishing romance, uh, indie publishing romance under a different name. And... I felt like I had the process down. So I asked Sharon if she'd be interested in me trying to publish it uh, under our, our pen name of Juno Black, which we'll get to in a second. And um, she was on board oh, yes. with that. So the, the, first, uh, <laughs> the first book we published and then people enjoyed it. So we actually then wrote two more and um, we indie published all three of those about two years apart. So it, it was, quite a long process from the very beginning to yeah. where we ended up. <laughs> and so when, what did you think when like people enjoyed it? Did you, did you decide like, okay, well, we got to get back to it. Did it become sort of like a priority or was it something like, maybe we'll revisit it. We enjoyed doing it or were you like the people want more. So we have to go back to Shady <laughs> Hollow. What was, what was that feeling in that sort of process? Uh, did when you indie published it, did they like come back to you and say like, this is doing well, like, would you be interested in that? Or was that something you decided amongst yourselves? Um, um, to be fair, the people were, you know, our relatives and the people <laughs> <with>. um, so <laughs> they were like, oh, that's cute. Yes. Okay. Um, and Jocelyn was the publisher. So <laughs> it's not like we got we we sold quite a number of copies um at boswell mainly because of our boss daniel golden who uh would hand sell it to anyone who was standing still which was great he if we had we always said if we had daniels 100 daniels all over the country 
<laughs> we could <That'd> really great. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah the the popularity was gratifying and it was it was really nice um it was fun for us to do which is why I think we decided why not keep going and see yeah what, so that's what we did uh, but there was no great you know call for us to produce more I mean <laughs> the people were not no no the clamberings of millions of fans was not <laughs> something we had to deal with at that point that no, um, wasn't like we the did... George R.R. R. Martin thing <laughs> <laughs> right um but the the next two books we also wrote um during NaNoWriMo uh, mm -hmm. time so it was it was different different years obviously but we had a process where there was one word document and Sharon would write I think on odd days or even days. And then at the end of the day, she'd send the file to me. I'd write the next day. And we just did that back and forth through the whole month until we got to the magical 50,000-ish mm -hmm. uh, word mark, which denotes a complete novel according to the NaNoWriMo rules. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was my other question is how like the process of creating the story together, at least for the following two books. So if say Jocelyn, you, you started and you wrote something and then Sharon would pick it up. So you would just continue the story from where she left off. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We would leave notes like, Oh, here, you know, I think they could go here next or, or Vera is going to have to find this clue in this location. So kind mm -hmm. of aim, aim in that direction. Um, so yeah, we were kind of doing story beats as we were writing. Um, we did get together probably for the second and third one ahead of time and sort of hammered out a general storyline yeah. because um, I am not, I'm more of a pantser and Jocelyn is a plotter. And <laughs> once we, you know, I do realize that it's way easier to have an outline. I just don't want to write one. Out. But um, <laughs> we would talk about the story. And so we, we had a general sense of where we were going when we were handing off the document. Yeah, we were, we were definitely more organized for books two and three. Uh, <laughs> the first one, we did not know who the murderer was when we started writing. So that Okay, I was developed. curious about that. <laughs> nope, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I think that's, uh, that's a fun, like there's people talk about, you know, all different um, like structures or ways to create something, especially a mystery that has to unwind to a certain degree at the end. Um, and so I don't know what happens in cold clay or Mary Lake because I have not read them yet, but, um, are there, I'm assuming, are there more murders? We promise at least one murder per book. That <laughs> at is, least one? that is our promise okay. to the reader. <laughs> they are murder okay. mysteries. Yes. Well, we and that was, murder. that was, <laughs> that was the thing too. When, um, when I ordered the books and they came in for the first two, they were shelved under fiction. And I was like, mm. says mystery on the book. So I'm going right to, the <laughs> it's, it's right there. And I'm going to move that into the mystery section. Um, <laughs> I'm going to move them into the mystery section and put them face out. Um, and so when you went and did a little bit more like breaking down of the story and outlining for books two and three, did you decide ahead of time who the murderer was or did you wait to kind of get there? or figure things out as you went along? No, I think we, we knew at that point who the murderer was at the beginning. And then we- Yeah, had, we, we had more of an outline for those books. So we did know that it wasn't a total surprise. Although there were still some surprises, I think, as we yeah, were writing. We <laughs> and then um, again, you can, uh, I have cold clay here. 
<clears throat> but um, you can help me out. Is Vera still the, uh, is she still sort of our main character throughout all three? Yes, <laughs> yes. yes there's no escaping yeah. questions. <laughs> oh, we're no, we're big her. fans of, of the <laughs> detective character. Uh-huh. Of the show. So Vera is definitely our character and Lenore helps her. Uh, she's a... Mm-hmm her support um, in a lot of ways helps her support Raven um, helps her talk through (laughs) her ideas and, and, you know, helps Vera think of things in a different way because Lenore has a very particular attitude toward life. that's somewhat cynical. So she can uh, suggest some things that our protagonist might not have thought of. She also reads a lot. So she has lots. She does read Mm -hmm. a lot. So that's very well versed and she can do the research. She can go back to Nevermore and check on some things. Exactly. Yeah. She's, she's always got the book to go Crime. to. So she's, she's a good friend to have. <laughs> and then did the idea to have your sort of cast of characters at the beginning, which I loved, like introducing us to everyone in, uh, in Shady Hollow, was that an idea that sort or like a, a part of the book that came up from as you were building your sort of story that Tuesday at work with all your characters, sort of a way to introduce them to people? Uh, I, I think so. I have read a lot of old mystery novels, like, like, you know, early, like, early half of 20th century, like that sort of style, the post-war novels. And so many of them have a cast of characters in the beginning. And I feel that that was a trend that was very popular and has since fallen out, maybe because people, you know, publishers need to be like, let's get the page countdown. So let's, let's like go. get rid of all yeah. this extraneous <laughs> stuff. But I like at the beginning of the Agatha Christie novels, so often it was like, here's the characters you're going to meet. And there was like just a line and very pithy, of course, because it's Agatha. And I always found that so charming and it just felt very natural to put it in our book as well. And then uh, to that note as well, do we meet new characters throughout the series? Does anyone join us? I guess yeah. they we, we may need to have some people join us as we lose people, unfortunately. Precisely. <laughs> uh, yes, there, then, there's new characters in, e- in each one yeah. and new locations as well as, as we sort uh-huh. of explore the world a little bit and Vera goes to new places and meets new, new characters. Um, we kind of get a, a, with each book, the world grows a little bit. Um, I do when uh, I was still working at Boswell, there was some amount of excitement when new finger puppets were ordered and when they came in to see what they were. <laughs> we now <laughs> do it on our own. <laughs> to add new characters on our own. Well, and th- if there is, there's nothing that I love more in a book than a map. Mm-hmm. And I was, I Lots was so... Yes, and a glossary. <laughs> I loved opening up to see this map, and because I knew the titles of the uh, of the following books, like opening the Shady Hollow uh, book to see like Mirror Lake is, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to go to Mirror Lake. I'm gonna go to Cold Clay Orchard, and I'm gonna get to like things are gonna happen there, and I'm gonna get to explore them and see about them and hear about them. Um, who did you have draw this map for you? Did you guys sort of, did you plot it out? And then did you have like, did you work with someone to create it and make sure that everything was placed where it should be placed and all of that? 
Um, there was not a map in our original indie edition. So that was a really okay. wonderful bonus when we republished with Vintage. Uh, the map was actually drawn by our, the cover artist, uh, Perry De La Vega. And so he had done the covers and then almost as an afterthought, I think our editor was like, hey, should we have a map? We're like, yeah, we should. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, drew also, the original one. I drew yeah. a yeah. very <laughs> messy map based on our information and some notes we had. And then Perry took it yeah. and made it beautiful and it was really exciting Lovely. to see it <laughs> and then uh you mentioned that jocelyn you've been publishing uh romance novels and we must we must talk about the romance element in shady hollow because i was waiting for it for like i was like okay there's got to be something in here there like it's gonna happen it's got to be vera and then it is so subtle and then it slowly starts happening. And I really, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone that may not have had the joy of reading these yet. So I'm not going to say who it was, but he picked her up and carried her. <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> and it was so effective. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so how did you, could you tell us a little bit about like that? we won't go too spoilery, but like how you kind of decided who um, or how these different creatures would be like in relationship with each other, like how and sort of what traits like each of them would have, like, because a lot of them are kind of um, traits that we assign to animals as well. Um, so there was a little bit of that, but also just like making Otto the toad a grump, like, the coffee shop owner being a moose, like how you kind of decided if it was all just pure imagination or if there were things that you were like, you know what, that is, that is fact. That is what that animal would do. And deciding <laughs> that if these animals were doing anything, this is absolutely what their profession would be. Um, well, a couple of them, it came to us right away. Um, Sharon, um, did have a little white mouse finger puppet on her finger early when we were on working that one night and she just holds it up and she says, you know, if this mouse had a name, it would be Howard Chitters. To which I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, duh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> of course it is. And he looks uh, like a Howard. Mm -hmm. He looks like a Howard. And he was obviously an accountant. Mice are not known, I think, for their accounting skills, but he was obviously an accountant. It, it was clear. It was quite clear. clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was a little bit of just like, what's fun? What's, what's like a visually appealing idea? And some of it was, there's a reason why our foxy reporter is a fox. You know, she likes to follow the scent of the story with her nose. She's very clever. She's quick. You know, so we wanted to play that up. Um, there's a reason why our police bears are big and brawny and tough and, you know, have no trouble keeping the peace for the most part because no one wants to mess with them. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, some of the other ones were just really fun and just came to us, you know, I think I, I have been a lefty, our, who is dear to my heart. Uh, I, I've, I've heard some, some talk of being, that we're being stereotypical and playing into stereotypes with Lefty, but I feel like he is uh, such a wonderful character that I don't care. <laughs> Plus he supports local theater, which is not something- he does support local Every theater. Every raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and I wouldn't say that he's at like that he's more stereotypical than than maybe anyone else. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we we just wanted this our main task with the stories was to make them enjoyable and to like just give people joy. So I think that even if we're, well, you know, are we making this too obvious with our raccoon being a petty thief? Doesn't matter if it's obvious, if it's funny. So, yeah. you know, that's <laughs> always the side we aired just on. Go with, it. go with it. And yeah. 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 Well, and then also I loved like it, I enjoyed it and appreciated it, but it also like, I'm curious about the author's note that you put at the beginning. Um, because I, like for anyone who may need it, I'm glad that it's there. But there was like a little part of me that was sad that anyone who picked up this book may put it down by thinking a mouse can't interact with a moose because they're not the same size. <laughs> um, yeah. There are some people who lack imagination, maybe. Um, there, it's not for everybody. Um, when I'm yeah. hand selling it and trying to tell people about it, when I worked as a bookseller, some people were like charmed immediately and other people got that look on their face. that was like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not for everyone. And, uh, yeah. You can well, and that's, I mean, yeah. And you, you two would know that like most of all that, especially in hand selling, like you can find out very quickly, like someone will tell you they're I, my main question is I'll ask you, what's the last thing you read that you really loved? Even if it's not mm -hmm. the last thing you read or, you know, whatever. And I could give them something that is exactly the same pretty much and be like, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. okay. Um, <laughs> so everybody, yeah, there, I mean, there are so many books in the world and there are so many, um, like so many people out there trying to find something that they love to read. But that's why I also think like, like you said, there weren't millions of, of fans out clamoring for <laughs> the, the next editions of, or the next uh, installments of the Shady Hollow mystery series. But it just, it just takes one. And I can't imagine how fun it was to like put something together that just the people in your community enjoyed so much. Um, and for it to, like get a second life. I cannot wait to hand sell the crap out of this book. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I, because it's also, that's what people keep coming in and asking. They're like, I want something light and fun. That's not like sad and whatever else. And we're having a really hard time finding things <laughs> to recommend to people in that vein. Really, yeah. My absolutely. own, my and, own reading yeah. has changed too, because I, Prior to, I don't know, 2016, I was reading much heavier literary fiction and saw yeah. through things. And I just I can't do it right. I, you know, I've been leaning toward romances and mysteries mm -hmm. and lighter things just because I don't have the emotional bandwidth with to read some of these books that I used to. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're still yeah. great. Like they're great books. They're well-written. Yeah. They're beautiful. <laughs> There's so many wonderful things about them. Um, like, and you want to honor the fact that someone took the time to write them also, but it also takes longer to like, to get through, you don't have the bandwidth for them. And it, we have a very short list of like books that we can give people when they're like, I just want to enjoy something. I want to sit down and enjoy it. Um, and I am so happy that I now have three more books to add to that <laughs> list. 
Um, and that I have two more to enjoy as well. I'm so happy that there's, uh, there's three of them and we talked about it a little bit, but is it almost is like perfect timing, um, for people who are looking for that. How did, uh, vintage get involved in like, what was the, the process of someone saying we want to like reprint these and, and give them a second life? How did that sort of come about? Well, um, our boss, Daniel, who is very knowledgeable on all things books, um, he told us that if we had, a, you know, a series, and that's why he encouraged us to write more. If we had a series that it would be more marketable. And we had, I think Jocelyn had tried shopping it around various places with like zero times. Yeah. Um, and our, our, our dear friend, Jason Gobble, who is the Penguin Random House rep for uh, Boswell, had said, oh, hey, you know, can I take these and show them to my bosses? And we're like, yeah, go ahead. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and um, <laughs> lo and behold, uh, he showed them to uh, Caitlin Landon, who is our, um, our editor. And we got an email from her in uh, December of 2020. And mm-hmm. she made us an offer with numbers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> very, very excited. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, and <laughs> that's where we are. Yep, and they were very excited to yeah. buy three books that were already written. Um, mm. So I think mm-hmm. that that was also a big bonus because they could see them. It wasn't just a concept; it wasn't just An one idea, book. Yeah. And like maybe we will do more. They were there, and so that was one of the reasons that they decided to release them six weeks apart for the re-release mm-hmm. because. Yeah. I don't think that's something that a lot of tr- the big publishers get an opportunity to do. So they were really mm-hmm. pretty excited to try it out. And you know, then, as you know, it's really great to be able to say, oh, by the way, these books are already here. You don't have to wait a year for the next one yeah. and then a year ten for years. the next one or <laughs> 10 years, George. <laughs> Let the man be. <laughs> He's been quite a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I... I was, of course, going to ask, do you plan on returning to Shady Hollow? We, we do. Um, we do not have any formal uh, contract yet, but our editor has already said that she would love to buy more. And we've talked about some ideas. So we are very excited. And we have some really fun, really fun ideas that um, <laughs> I, think, I think people will enjoy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so exciting. And then... Um, while I do want to ask, uh, a few questions about discoveries, which I feel like you may come across so many of while writing a mystery, did you have any fun discoveries? Like while you were writing together, either about, um, like your writing process, if writing together informed or like had any effects on your individual writing processes, or if there were like fun things that you discovered about the lives of animals during, uh, <laughs> during this research or like just fun, um, like little Easter eggs that came up throughout the, the years of writing these books. I mean, I think I, it's, it's a very different process, obviously writing with someone versus writing alone. All, I, all my romances I've written just on my own and it's, it is a very different feel. I think, having someone to talk about during the process is pretty unusual because a lot of writers will, you know, have a complete draft or they might talk about ideas, but we were literally 
writing the draft day by day and just tossing ideas out and, and having a lot of discussion about, you know, how is this character working? Do we need someone else to be, you know, creepy over here to distract, <laughs> like more red herrings, that kind of thing. So we were really talking about it as we were writing. Um, so that, that was, I think, very helpful. And I think also like when I write with Sharon, I feel like I write a little bit lighter than I do on my own. I tend to get, you know, like there's a real goth tendency, big surprise. And uh, <laughs> in my own personal writing. So I think it's good for me to have that other voice to sort of keep the tone that we're really going for, which is 10% sinister, just, you know, a little, little creepiness around the edges, but it's still a very warm hearted, comforting place where, you know, just there's like the occasional murder, but it'll be fine. Um, you know, so like we really wanted to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so having yeah. two people helps with that. <laughs> yeah. I also feel that when we can, when we bounce ideas off of each other, we are way cleverer together than we are separately. Um, it, things seem to flow a little bit better when we are able to do that. And there's also the, the added pressure of knowing that someone is waiting for your, you to finish your word count and send it on to them. Cause I tend mm. to, make, you know, <laughs> And if I know Jocelyn is, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting for her chance, then, you know, I'll get my stuff done and ship it to her. <laughs> yep. And then because you wrote these, like, and you were a part of, um, you know, like a lot of family and friends read them, you were a part of a community in Milwaukee at your bookstore. Um, were there any little sort of like Easter eggs or things that you put in there that you hoped people would find? Like not necessarily people modeled after people you knew, but like little never. things, <laughs> never, never <laughs> little things here and there, like um, maybe um, odes to Boswell or anything like that, that you put in there for the people that you knew were going to be reading. Well, we did have fun with the bookstore related things. Like I especially liked writing um, one of uh, Lenore's author events because I'm so familiar with doing that, even just like, putting out the chairs and, and making sure that, you know, <laughs> there are enough copies of the book and all those things that, that we have done many, many times that booksellers would, would recommend, would recognize. And, um, well, and there, there was one that, that was like a knife to the heart for me, which was um, Lenore going on a, a tirade about someone leaving a pile of books around and not putting them it's, back. It's, it's, it's ripped from real life. <laughs> oh yeah because I, I'm currently a librarian and that's the same things happen it's, it's very similar yeah <laughs> and it was it was so funny I like I was like it's that thing where you read a line in a book and you're like someone like me wrote this yeah. <laughs> someone who has been they get me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that was and, such a fun yeah. like yeah I'm I'm so excited to see like more of the book uh the bookstore things happening at Nevermore because that was that was fun, but it's not inside baseball to the point where like people would be like, I don't understand this. Like this doesn't make, it was just, they're little things. There's so many things like that throughout. Like anyone who, who works in an office will understand the office politics of the sawmill and someone who may be like a, a journalist may understand a BW and their deadlines and all of these things. Like that's what you get when you build a world and it doesn't matter who's inhabiting it. Yeah, the, the the characters are animals, but the books are written for humans. So yes, <laughs> definitely that. Yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Actually, our, our author name is a nod to our roots. So we, we decided to have one name rather than both our names because as a bookseller, you know this, it's terrible trying to decide where it's going to get shelved, knowing it's going to get put under the wrong name at some point or end up somewhere else entirely. <laughs> so we wanted to have a single name that was easy to spell. So we chose Juno Black. Um, Solomon Juno is one of the first um, founders of the city of Milwaukee. He was an explorer and, and lived there very early on before there was a city. So um, we took the name Juno from that. And before we were working at Boswell, we both worked at Harry W. Schwartz Bookshops, which was sort of the, the local bookshop chain in Milwaukee. And um, Schwartz means black. So we did Juno Black oh. as a way to sort of honor our bookseller roots and also the city uh -huh. that we were in. That's so, I just, your, your goal to bring joy to people is at least working for one. I can say okay. <laughs> Like I said, for every, like every part of, of this experience, like I'm so excited. Like I have a whole stack, you know, a whole stack of other books I have to read and I am so excited to read them, but I am like, yes, I get to go back to Shady Hollow and I get to keep reading and like telling people to read these. And I'm so excited about that. And then I also love to, um, to ask people, you mentioned Agatha, of course, who are some of your other, um, like mystery romance influences or um, your favorites that have either been longtime favorites or ones you've discovered recently that you're really excited to see more of their work. Anybody who's, whose work you're really enjoying right now. Um, I just wrote a blog post for my library. I think like three people read it. It's, for, it's on our library website. And um, I was writing about Irish authors for since oh, March for St. Patrick's Day. And um, Tana French is one of the mystery writers that I really enjoy. And I like the way that she connects the story so that you have a, you have a minor character in one book who turns out to be the, the main character in the next one. And they're sort of linked in that way um, with the only exception being the first book in the woods was had an ambiguous ending, which, sorry, I hate ambiguous endings. I want <laughs> everything spelled out for me. Um, I, I understand that she's going to get around to it. I think when the, at the end of the series, she will make known, you know, what happened, but it, I, I have to wait for that, apparently. <laughs> Sharon cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. She's a very intricate plotter, and she does really good work. Yeah, um, I, let's see, um, I've been reading a lot of mystery lately, just also because I think I, because I write romance, I sometimes can't read it, especially when I'm drafting mm -hmm. my, my current thing, I need to be reading a different genre. So I've been rereading um, the Ellis Peters Cadfile Chronicles, because I adore them so much. And it's he's a medieval <laughs> monk solving crimes in medieval England, very far away oh, from my current them. situation. But I love them. And um, I love her writing. And I love the way that she always incorporates romance in the books. So it's always like a couple, you know, of course, and no one believes in them. And they, you know, they're going to be torn asunder, but she figures out a way to, to get them together. So I, I love that. <laughs> And I've been reading a lot of KJ Charles lately, um, who is a new to me author, um, which uh, she writes primarily romancy-ish mysteries. Um, so there's uh, this really wonderful 1920s set mystery series called The Will Darling Adventures. 
um, which are just like just enough like action and pulp and ridiculousness um, plus a romance and it's just the whole thing is it's like so pleasant to escape into (laughs) (laughs) I will definitely have to check those out because I like mystery and I've been reading a little bit more uh, romance but mystery has definitely been like on one of my as one of my genres to get more into and like Sharon was saying like it's it's a great one right now mysteries I feel like our mystery section has also bulked up and it keeps getting cleared out because people are visiting it more um (laughs) the mystery and horror all those all those genre titles mystery horror I feel like people are buying a lot of horror right now um and the romance and the sci-fi too it's just a fun like it's a feel so bad for literary fiction it is good (laughs) yeah but sometimes reading needs to be fun sometimes and I think we're in one of those times (laughs) yeah for sure and I again I am so excited for all of our listeners and readers uh at Skylight to dive into the town of Shady Hollow um as I mentioned Shady Hollow and Cold Clay are available now at Skylight Books and you can go ahead and pre-order your copies of Mirror Lake, which will be available on April 26th. Um, <laughs> and um, I can already say that I've had like I had piles of them next to each other on our podcast display. And the pile of Shady Hollow keeps getting smaller. And so <laughs> because I ordered, we like to hear. <laughs> I know I ordered them. So I'm like keeping tabs on them so I can order more. And I just keep I'll come into the store and they're like slowly. And I'm like, yeah. And that, I mean, the cover art does not, it, it is not hindering that in any way because it is so cute. I show it to everybody. I'm like, have you seen this? If you haven't, you must take it now. You must read it. Um, You're very lucky with the covers. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I used to do the same thing at Boswell. When I worked, I, I would check and see how many there were and how many had been sold. And most excitedly, if I knew the person that bought it or if I didn't, if it was a complete stranger, I was like, you know, we're outside of the area of people that we know and strangers are buying our book that we've made it. <laughs> Leveling <Yay>. up. <laughs> Leveling up. Um, thank you both so much for taking the time to chat with me today. It was such a pleasure, such a joy. And I'm so happy that these books got a second life and that we are hopefully going to get to see more of the adventures of our friends in Shady Hollow. And we will be so excited for when that happens. And like I said, in the meantime, people can go and grab their copies of Shady Hollow and Cold Clay at Skylight Books and pre-order their copies of Mirror Lake so that they can dive in and add a little joy to their lives. (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. (laughs) You're so welcome. It was such a pleasure. Again, my guests today were Jocelyn Kohler and Sharon Nagel, or as you may know them from the shelf, Juno Black. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.